0: We turn your Bible, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. May we bow together in prayer, please. Our Father in heaven, we thank Thee for the joy that has been part of this service already in the great music. And our hearts have been made to rejoice that Christ the Lord is risen. And all across the Christian world, God's people are meeting in honor and gratitude to God for the glorious resurrection of Jesus from among the dead. And we pray that our hearts will be excited, that we will once again capture the holy enthusiasm and the joy and the excitement that the disciples felt that first day when Jesus was not in the grave any longer. And all of its implications, may God's hand be upon this hour. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins." then they also who are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection from the dead. And reading from Matthew 28, And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen. As they walked from the hill of Calvary that day, their hopes and dreams And faith were shattered. All was over. They had loved him, Jesus. They had been with him for three years. They had eaten with him. They had heard him teach. They had been with him in all sorts of circumstances, and now they saw him die on a cross. The Galilean prophet was dead. For 2,000 years, God's people, The Christians have been saying, Christ is alive. He is not dead. We do not worship a dead Jew buried in a tomb in Jerusalem. But for three days, even the disciples, the first Christians, had to say, Jesus is dead. And how hopeless, how heartbroken, how defeated. early on the first day of the week Mary Magdalene came how like a woman she came to see the place where the Lord had been buried on that day of the crucifixion Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus had taken care of the burial the women had very little opportunity to have any input And Mary Magdalene loved Jesus she had been forgiven much and the Lord said to whom much is forgiven. That person will love much. And so she came, I believe before daybreak, about four o'clock in the morning. And when she got there, she saw a scene she had not reckoned with. The stone was rolled away. The body of the Lord was not in that grave. And she ran quickly to tell Peter and John. And they came out. John, being the younger, ran faster and got there first. Then Peter went in, and John saw those grave clothes lying just as if Jesus were still in the grave, but he was not there. The grave clothes were empty, and the Bible says, John saw and believed. Now the skeptics have had a hard time with the resurrection of Christ. William Beterwolf has asked three questions of the skeptics. And I'd like to give you those questions this morning. First of all, he says, and not only is the question directed to skeptics, but directed to all of us and to everyone who has had a tough time with the resurrection of Christ. For you see, as we read in Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians, if there be no resurrection, then Christ is not raised and we are still in our sins and our preaching is vain, and our faith is vain, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. And so, Peter Wolf asks these questions. Number one, can the God you serve and know raise Jesus from the dead? Can he? Is it possible? What kind of a God do you serve? What kind of a God do you know? Those who have skeptical attitudes toward the resurrection. And remember that the resurrection is the heart of the Christian faith. If there be no resurrection, then our faith is vain. And so, Peter says, Can the God you serve raise Jesus from the dead? Is he limited? Is there anything too hard for God to do? What kind of a God do you serve anyway? The second question he asks, did God raise Jesus from the dead? First of all, can he do it? Could he have done it? Is it possible? And secondly, did he do it? Well, there was an angel who said he did. Jesus appeared 11 times after his resurrection, once to 500 people at one time. Paul said, in reciting the resurrection appearances, he said, last of all, Jesus appeared to me as of one born out of due season. And the, the apostle, the man who was to become the apostle Paul, the missionary to the Gentiles, who was then named Saul, Saul said, I saw a light and I heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, sir? And the voice said, I am Jesus and Saul of Tarsus saw the resurrected Lord on that Damascus road. Thirdly, the disciples said that he arose. Fourthly, the enemies of the resurrection have never been able to present one iota of evidence that Christ did not rise from the dead. Now, Fifthly, if Jesus did not rise from the grave, how do you explain the empty tomb? Some say, well, his body was stolen. Well, if so, where did the body go? And those who wanted to discredit the Christian faith in that first century, why did they not produce the body And once and for all have an end to this myth that Jesus was raised from the grave. The reason they did not is because they could not. The body of Jesus was not in any grave. It was not stolen. The body of Jesus was raised from the grave. And then there's a group who said, well, he never did die to begin with. He just swooned. Novels and pictures and films have been made concerning this. Well, the answer is this. Those early disciples were willing to give their very lives because Christ was raised from the dead, and everyone except John the Apostle died a martyr's death. Do you suppose for a moment that all those apostles and all those early disciples would gladly go to the guillotine, gladly go to be, be burned at the stake, to be stoned, to be crucified upside down for a hoax that they had dreamed up if they'd stolen the body of Jesus? And then there are some who say, well, the disciples just hallucinated. They just sort of had a vision or a dream and they sort of had a hallucination that Jesus was raised from the dead. In the history of hallucinations, There's never been a record of 500 people having the same hallucination at one time. And Paul records in 1 Corinthians 15 that there were 500 people at one time that saw the resurrected Jesus. No, I tell you, Christ is raised from the dead. And so the third question is this. Why did God raise Jesus from the dead? Why did he do it? What is the reason for the resurrection? Number one, to make good the word of the blessed Son of God, to establish once and for all, beyond all doubt, the truth of Jesus deity. Jesus is God. There's not one of us in this room who can say to his friend or his loved one or to his family, I'm going to die, but three days after I die, I'm going to be raised from the grave. You come out there and you'll see. None of us can say that because we're human. We have divine in us because we're made by God, but we're not deity. Jesus was God incarnate in human flesh. And to prove that Jesus was God, God brought Jesus again from the dead. In Romans chapter 1 verse 4, Christ was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection of the dead. Secondly, why did Jesus, why did God bring Jesus from the dead? He did it to furnish every believer the God-given assurance that he is justified in Christ Jesus. Now, if our faith is in a a savior who died on the cross with all of that beautiful example but there's no resurrection then we're still in our sins and our faith is vain and there's no hope and in a few moments when I give an invitation the only thing I could do is give an invitation to come and sort of follow the example of the great example Jesus but that's not the invitation of the Christian church that's never been the invitation of the Glendale Baptist Church our invitation is to come to Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins, who was raised for our justification. And when you put your trust and faith in Jesus, He can forgive every sin. He can cleanse every iniquity. And He can guarantee you a place in heaven. If Christ be not risen, our faith is vain. Romans chapter 4, verse 5, Jesus was raised again, for our justification, so that we could be declared before God just as if we had not sinned. Thirdly, God raised Jesus from the dead to let men know that there is going to be a judgment to remove all doubt that there will be a judgment one day. Acts 17:31. God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus Christ. Wherefore he hath given assurance to all men in that he raised Jesus from the dead. The resurrection is a proof that there will be a judgment. And those outside of Christ today who have never received Jesus as Savior, let me tell you, you're headed for a judgment. And at the judgment bar of God, if your sins are not cleansed by the blood of Christ, if your faith has not been in the resurrected Jesus, you have no hope. You will stand there alone. You will have no one to plead your cause. And every sin and every transgression will receive a just recompense of reward and you'll hear from the meek Lamb of God who died on the cross for our sins, Depart from me, I never knew you. What a tragedy. But now is Christ risen, and I can say to you, there will be a judgment, but at the judgment bar of God, everyone whose faith is in Jesus will have an attorney, Christ the righteous, and he'll be there to plead our cause and when the devil comes to accuse us and say, look, that man sinned. Even after he was saved, he sinned. The Lord Jesus will stand and say, yes, but for his sins I shed my blood. And God will no longer see the sins of one under the blood. Fourthly, God raised Jesus from the dead so that everyone united to Jesus Christ by faith may know that they're going to be raised from the dead Christ the first fruits afterward they are Christ at his coming everything depends on the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's the cornerstone upon which the whole Christian faith rests how do I know that Jesus is the way the truth and the life The resurrection of Christ proves it. How do I know that he who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved? The resurrection of Christ demonstrates it. How do I know that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth from all sin? Up from the grave he arose, triumphant over sin, the grave, death, and hell. How do I know that he has gone to prepare a place for me, and he will come again and receive me unto unto himself? Because Jesus was raised from the dead. He ascended into the Father. He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And the evidence and the credibility of it is in the resurrection of Christ from the dead. How do I know that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead shall also quicken my mortal body and that I'll have a new body that I can throw away the glasses, that I can throw away the wheelchairs, that I can throw away all of these props that prop us up and we'll have a new body. How do I know that? A body that will never grow old because Jesus was raised from the dead and his triumphant resurrection demonstrates it. How do I know that when he shall appear, I shall be like him? Because Christ was raised from the dead. How do I know that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in me? Because Jesus Christ is alive How do I know that the promises of this book are worth any more than the ink it took to print them on the paper it takes to hold them? Because Jesus is not dead any longer. He is alive. And he gives hope and forgiveness and cleansing and a new life and something after death. One of the beautiful flowers here at the front is placed in honor of our oldest member who is now with the Lord Mrs. Eva Thomas she went to be with Jesus when she was 96 when she was 95 she was riding the church bus to Sunday school every Sunday even into her 96th year and when we stood at her funeral what a hopeless situation would have been to have said well Eva Thomas loved Jesus and served the Lord a long time and now she's gone. We'll never see her again. So with your loved ones, when you stand at the memorial service and you have to say, well, it's all over. My son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, my mom, my dad, I I was glad they were here and they meant a lot to me in life, but it's all over now. It's all hopeless. Well, I submit to you, it is not hopeless. Those who have died with faith in Christ are very much alive right now. Their spirit is with the Lord. When Jesus comes back the second time, that spirit will be reunited with a raised body, a glorified body, a new body, one that will be recognizable just like Jesus' body was recognizable by the nail prints in His hands. We will know each other over there. And because Christ was raised from the dead, I can give you a message of hope. Now, if you're without Jesus today, you've never received Him. Remember that Christ died on the cross according to the Scriptures. He shed His blood according to the Scriptures. He was buried according to the Scriptures. He was raised from the dead according to the Scriptures. And He is alive today, and He wants to live in your heart, and He knocks at the door. And if you'll open the door, He'll come in. He'll forgive you. He will cleanse you. May we pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. With our eyes closed and heads bowed, the question again, what will you do with Jesus? Some of you in this place have already received Him as your Savior. What a joy and thrill it would be for you to openly confess Him today. Take your stand with Him. Some of you have been saved and you need to come and say, I want to follow Jesus and believers' baptism today. Ask God for the strength to do that. Some in this room came without any plan at all to give your heart to Christ. You've never been saved. What a blessing it would be to see you just now turn to Christ. Invite Him to come into your heart. Our Father, we pray that just now someone would open his heart to Jesus. This would be a day of victory. A day when a new name would be written down in glory. A day when the church of Jesus Christ will rejoice because someone comes to say, I'm one of you now. I'm under the blood of Christ and I serve a risen Savior. Have thy way in this next hour. In Jesus' name, amen. May we stand, please. Turn to page 252. And may I ask that no one leave during the invitation? This is God's hour, God's special time for you. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, let me ask you to come, let Jesus come into your heart today. Open your heart to him. If you're already a Christian, would you come and identify yourself with God's people and just say, by the grace of God, I want everyone to know that Jesus lives in my heart today. Would you do that? While we begin to sing, who will step out first for the king? God help you to do it.